What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to The Never-Ending Quick Cage. And Frank, what movie are you going to tell us about tonight? Tonight we are going to talk about the 2018 action thriller, 211. Um, which alongside uh, Mr. Cage stars a cat of no one um, <laughs> that you would know. People who, in my notes, I describe as cut-rate versions of real actors. Okay. At some um, point, at some point, I'm going to make you walk through. Uh, every time you mention a character, I'm going to need to ask you who they are in terms of like the real who the real actors should be. Gotcha. That's a that's an easy um. Okay. So this movie is 86 minutes long, so it's basically your perfect length. Sure. Um pretty convoluted plot for 86 minutes with about give or take like 42 characters in it all of which have some element of like um uh minor character development in the sense that like something is said about them and then it's supposed to endear you to them or at least like make you identify Hmm. um so movie opens in afghanistan there's a dude with glasses and a tie who's obviously a businessman and his female like secretary companion and they are slowly transferring money via the internet into a number of bank accounts across the world which yeah. in the grand tradition of all like misinterpretations of how the internet works in film takes a really long time because it's so much money that it's taking like basically like a fraction of a second for every dollar they're transferring so this is like hundreds of millions of dollars so money gets transferred finally after they're talking about why it's taking so long and the fact that he's hiding his money from the government because they're on his tail um so this this has a hint of realism already to it right right okay super realistic Uh um so they go to leave, and these four guys that look like they stepped out of uh, Call of Duty Black Ops hmm. um, basically murder them all. Um, and at the end, after they've murdered everyone but the guy with the glasses, they tell the guy with the glasses, um, you should have paid us for all the bad stuff that you didn't pay us to do, but you had us do, that we did without taking any money. Because they're really bad, like mercenaries, because they just do things without getting paid. Okay. Um so he's basically like hey don't kill me you need me to get the money and they're like well where'd you send the money to and he's like i don't know i sent like all over the place they're like well name one place and he says this bank in massachusetts (laughs) and they're like yeah that's all the information we need so they kill him so quick cut to this woman with a um 
uh, Hajib in um, some market in the Middle East. And she's about to do this um, exchange with this crooked guy for some kind of like stolen like Indiana Jones type artifact. But then she gets picked up by the American government, who apparently has like jurisdiction in this Middle Eastern, like whatever country to arrest people. So they arrest her. But then it turns out that she's Interpol and they're like U.S. intelligence. And she's like, oh, well, she has this really almost indecipherable French accent. So she's like, you're doing this gizmo so because like, like some, some, sometimes my arms have been back yeah right 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 but it's even worse um because <laughs> you can at least understand that and that's subtitle you speak in english but you can never understand her but the gist is that she was about to arrest this like infamous art dealer and she's like you this better be a good reason for arresting me and like it is a good reason because there's these four other guys that we need you to catch and she's like okay that's a good reason Oh, so, so the the American government has picked up this woman in the French, midst French Interpol agent French Interpol agent right and it's right to pick her up interrupting her operation to take her which I don't think any of this can happen right like uh, so US intelligence picks this Interpol agent up and interrupts her investigation to say you need to do this other investigation yes so oh, they okay. take her this they is this is the main character, right? Who am I picturing? What 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 real actor am I picturing for this? Oh, movie? um, I listed her as cut rate Isabella Johnny. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so they drive her in a Humvee from Istanbul back to Afghanistan, where the mercenaries had killed the guy, to the crime scene, and she's basically like, "Yeah, I know what guys did this," and they're like, "Okay, well, you got to go catch him." So then cut to Massachusetts mm. where um oh, I didn't give the kid a cut rate name. The kid is actually in that TV show Power. So I guess he's not really cut rate, but I don't really know that show, but I looked him up and that's where he's from. Um but imagine like imagine like Steve Urkel when they used to do the dream sequences where Steve Urkel was like cool. And that's pretty much what he's Stefan, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh So this kid's getting the shit beat out of him in a bathroom. Like these bullies are putting his head in the toilet um, for no reason, really, just because they're bullying him. Um, So they keep saying, like, oh, fight us, fight us. He's like, no, I don't believe in violence. So they put his head in the toilet. Then all of a sudden, like, he turns around and, like, knocks the big bully out with a single punch. And as he's doing that, a teacher walks in and he's like, Kenny, what did you do? And the kid, instead of explaining himself, and mind you, like the other bullies are like filming this on their phones. So there's plenty of evidence that this is occurring. Instead of explaining himself, he just runs away. So then he gets taken to the principal's office where his mom has to be there. And they're like, hey, we're going to expel your kid for attacking this other student. And the mother's like, but they were bullying my son. And the the principal's like, nah, we don't really have any evidence of that. So we're just going to go with suspending. We're going to go with expelling your son. Unless he goes on a ride along with the local police to learn the error of his ways. What? And she's like, 
yeah, that's pretty racist, putting my black son in the back right. of the police cruiser to teach him the error of his ways. And they're like, well, you know, that's what we're going to go with. So you just got to kind of take it. Mm-hmm. And the mother's like, all right, fine. We'll go ahead and take it. So then French woman is now in Massachusetts talking to a guy that owns a gun store. And she's like using all the sexual innuendo to talk about how big of a gun she wants. And then she's like, but by the way, you sold guns to these four mercenary dudes who killed this other dude. And you got to tell me where they are. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I don't recognize those guys. And then it pans back to reveal a bunch of pictures on his wall. That's pictures of him with all these guys. And he's like, um, I have pictures of them and there's pictures. And he's like, right, you got me. So then he tells her where the bad guys are. So then. <laughs> Hold on. So, so he's like, he's trying to feign like not knowing these people. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know nothing. You and then there's a picture behind him with those people. Right. She has a flip book, like literally like a like like a flip book with like a little like um C clip, right? Mm-hmm. Like of all these guys like posing in their military attire and like right. really good clear pictures of them. And then like those pictures are also on his wall. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess you got me. So mm. he's a really good um investigator. Right. So then you cut to um uh, cut rate Mark Wahlberg and cut rate Jennifer Garner, who are this young couple. And cut rate Jennifer Garner's like Matt. Or no, Mike. Mike. No, I'm sorry, Matt. Mike? Matt? Mike. Mike. No, no Mike, 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 is, Mike is, uh, is, is Nick Cage. Mike is Nick Cage. Steve. His name's Steve. Okay. So she's like, Steve, I know you're about to go out on patrol because you're a cop, but I got some news for you. We're pregnant. And then they're all happy. And he's like, hey, can we name the kid George? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, can we name the kid Mike? And then she gets all angry. And you're like, what? But then it turns out that Mike is her dad, who she's estranged from. Because when her mom was dying of cancer, her dad didn't know how to deal with it. So he kind of like just withdrew into himself. Because he was so crushed by his wife's death. But she doesn't get that. Because to her, he was just being selfish. By not, like, being super emotive. So while they're talking about, like, all using all these adjectives about how, like, un, unresponsive and, like, stone-faced her father is. You get a montage of Nick Cage making himself breakfast. And he makes a bunch of faces to show that he really is deeply inside, like, an emotive guy. But, you know, they can't see that because, you know, it's a montage. Hold on, the, 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 they're saying he's unemotional and the movie steps away and sh- just shows you making him making breakfast to show you that he is emotional because he makes faces. Yeah, I think he's eating cereal, if I remember. Correctly. But I'm saying this, this is like, it, like it's like a cut to like something like him earlier in the day making breakfast or something. No, no, because no, remember, he's getting ready for work. Like everybody's okay. getting ready for work. Okay, this okay, early okay. In the morning. okay. So they're talking and you're hearing their voiceover while you're watching Nicolas Cage understood like understood weird like sad constipation face like I don't even know what's going on but like you're supposed to gather she's like he never even showed any emotion and then you see Nick Cage like looking all sad and like kind of like holding back (laughs) I I, I gotcha right, it's amazing right so right um then Nick Cage comes to pick up Steve at his house at Steve's house like honks his horn outside and then he goes out because they're going on patrol because they even got to start their day 
And Nick Cage, like, smiles and tries to wave at his daughter, but she just crosses her arms and won't wave at him because she's, like, you know, cut him off out of her life. Um, so then as they're driving to work, Steve's like, hey, I got some news for you. You're about to be a grandpa. And Nick Cage is like, oh, shit, good job. You finally knocked my daughter up. <laughs> that's so that's like, an appropriate happy. reaction, right? Yeah. Right, super happy about being a grandpa, even though he isn't showing you emotion. Right. So then we cut to the ba- a bank, right? This bank that was aforementioned by the guy that got killed, mm-hmm. where they're physically carrying in the money that this guy transferred to that bank because that's how money transfers work. Um. So they're physically carrying in two duffel bags of $1.6 million, or whatever the total is. Like this neatly manicured, like plastic wrap, like fresh currency. Because, you know, a bank physically has to have money in it for that money to be real. Right. Um, right. So cut rate Ben Gazzara um, is the manager of the bank. And he's like, yeah, this money is this money's exactly what it's supposed to be. Let's leave it on this table. So then we cut back to the police station where Mike and Steve have arrived at work and they get assigned Kenny as a ride along. So cut right Mark Wahlberg, who's Steve. Okay, it's coming together treats, now. Treats Kenny like shit because like, you know, tough love or whatever. Right. Um, so then they get a so then they're like, all right, well, we're gonna go out on this um on patrol. So they go out on patrol and they get a call to go to um a gas station where there's a homeless man and the owner of the gas station's like oh he's always hanging around i think he stole something so then they find out that the homeless man stole cigarettes mm-hmm. and they have him arrested and kenny records all this on his phone the whole pack. That actually has nothing to do with anything i'm just, oh, I'm just awesome. pointing that out that's just a well scene since it happened. has since it doesn't mean anything was it a whole pack of cigarettes like was it like a lucy oh, a like no it's a card oh a whole carton gee okay yeah, it's right. a carton of um generic looking Newport cigarettes. Right. Like they're not Newports, but you can tell they're supposed to be Newports. Yeah. Um Right. So then, he's, he, is, he, is 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 the homeless man um a black man? No, he's a white dude with he's a white dude with dreads. Oh, okay. All right. He's like so why, does, why why are you hassling me? And they're like, Oh, can we look in your bag? And he's like, What if I say no? And Nick Cage is like, Well, we're gonna do it anyway. And then they do, and then they well, find cigarettes. So it was almost like justifying it. Yeah. Okay, so there's honestly no point. It's sure. not even showing the. Well, like, it's a sixty-five dollar theft. I mean, I, yeah, sure. Well, this is more of like a thin blue line kind of movie, so it really is kind of showing the police in a positive light. So mm-hmm. they're not going to show the police doing anything untoward, right? Oh, uh, is is two? I get it now. Is two eleven like a police code of some sort? It's a police code in California for robbery. Okay, but we're not there yet. Okay, we're n- never going to be there. So. <laughs> So then it cuts to one of the bad guys, one of the black ops mercenaries. Mm-hmm. And that was cut rate. Eh, I didn't give him a name. Um, He's kind of like John Krasinski with like a beard. Sort of like John Krasinski and um, what the fuck? Quiet Place? Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the other people in his gang are Cut rate fat Jared Padalecki, um, cut rate Gary Oldman, and cut rate Walton Goggins. Mm. Like that's the gang right there. Hmm. So cut that's rate, it's good. Cut game. rate John Krasinski with a beard, um, is having coffee in this restaurant, and he subtly places 
a large detonator of C4 underneath the table he's sitting at. Then he tips his waitress $20 and he leaves, right? Okay. So then they go in the bank and they have this plan where their four of them are going to go in. One of them's going to go collect the money. That's Fat Jared Padalanicki. Then um, Gary Oldman is going to like kind of coordinate things in the middle. Then Walton Goggins is going to be like, hey, people just play it cool. You'll get out of this okay. And um, Krasinski is sitting outside in a black Escalade. In a no parking zone in front of the bank. Okay, so this is this this set in the stage. Mm-hmm. So then, is there is there a feeling of like the, something's happening in this movie, like like an impending sense? Are they using a score to like or like? Yeah, and honestly, it's really well directed. Okay, in the sense of like, it's it's incredibly competent, and it actually builds this sense of like dread and purpose even though nothing is occurring and it's all right. ridiculous right so but i'm not even at the ridiculous part yet okay so here's the here's the plot of the bank robbery so while john krasinski is sitting in the escalade with his detonator on in his hand then the other guys are in the bank he's going to blow up the coffee shop across town so all the police and rescue vehicles will go there and then they can rob the bank and leave right sure but here's Makes the sense. Steve and Mike are patrolling right in front of the bank. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage is like, hey, he's in no parking zone. Like, let's show Kenny here what we do, which what they do is issue tickets, I guess, right? So they creep up behind the Escalade like they're going to ticket them. And John Krasinski's freaking out because he's like, oh, man, a couple of county boys, blah, blah, blah. We're even... All he had to do was they would be like, hey, you're parked in no parking zone. He's like, right, let me move. And then they would leave, right? Right. But instead, what he does is he get because they get the call, like, oh, all officers respond to this explosion at the coffee shop. And mm-hmm. Nick Cage is like, nah, we got a ride along. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they almost everybody calls um, Kenny the ride along. They don't call him Ken. The only person right. that calls him well, Kenny are um, Mike and Steve. Right. But I'm not at that point yet either. I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, so. And mind you, this movie's 86 minutes long, and I'm still talking. Right. So, real quick, wait, if it, why did he tip her $20 if he's going to blow the fucking place up? Um, I guess maybe to give her like some last momentary uh, thrill of happiness. getting. <laughs> but okay, so here's the thing I forgot about her already. She went outside to smoke because mm. she was so happy that she got the $20. <laughs> so, even though the whole building blows up behind her that she's standing in front of, him, she's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, she's not hurt. And honestly, I don't know how many other people are hurt because it seems like a lot of people survive. But it's a big explosion. So John Krasinski, his thing to react to these cops um, rolling up on him, instead of trying to play it cool, you know, and sort of like just get out of the situation, pulls out a submachine gun and Hmm. starts shooting the cop's car. So then even though they're being shot at with a submachine gun and they have a kid in the back, Mm -hmm. Nicholas Cage just drives in reverse until he crashes, and then they get out and they start returning fire. So then it's this big gunfight between Nicolas Cage, um, his partner, 
and this dude with a submachine gun that never has to reload. Uh, he reloads once, but that's a plot point. So finally, Nicolas Cage shoots this dude in the leg, but not before this guy then, or no, right, right before this guy then shoots Steve in the leg. So like eye for an eye type thing, right? Okay. Steve's a bitch. So as soon as he goes down, he's like, I'm dying, Nick. I'm dying. I can't do the Southie accent. The picture of the Southie accent coming out of cut rate. Um, Mark Wahlberg, and this is what you got. And he's keeps saying that he's dying. So then Nicolas Cage, I can't remember what he, he cuts something that makes a makeshift tourniquet and then gets Kenny out of the car. So right in the line of fire, because now the other guys in the bank are shooting automatic weapons out at him from out the window. So they radio for help and they call a 211 in progress, right? Plus um, officer down. So then Nicholas Cage risks his life to get the med kit out of the back of the cruiser that's getting all shot up. And they tourniquet Steve's leg, but Steve's like, oh, I'm going to die. I can't survive. So then Steve makes Kenny record a message to his unborn child and wife. I mean, obviously his wife is born, but the child is unborn. Um, so that they have something to remember him by. So right. supposedly it's a poignant moment, but it doesn't matter. Right. All right. So well, then he's, he's just a fucking Southie piece of trash anyway. Fucking bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> So then all the cops come, and the cops are led by Cutrate Gerard Butler, who's an or Cutrate Gerard Butler is like the SWAT captain, mm-hmm. and he just wants to like go in there and like take them out. But then his boss is he's a fucking bolsting. He's a fucking bolsting cop. Like you know, he just wants to kill everybody. Well, he doesn't have an accent. Uh-huh. So then Cutrate Tom Sizemore is like the captain or uh-huh. the police commissioner or something. And he's like, oh, what's the mayor going to think? What am I going to do? Like, the press is going to be so bad. So they have all the prisoners inside the bank. Because okay. there was like 30 people in this bank, even though it's like the middle of like fucking like Tuesday afternoon. There's still like all these. I, I, I never understand like why there's so many people. Okay, so I'm actually it. always very interested in how people handle these things in, in these bank robbery movies. So like, how are they controlling the situation in the bank? Like with the, so, with the customers? Like what's their rate, strategy? Cut rate Ben Gazzara had to take everybody's phone and put them in a trash bag. Right. And then they made everybody lay on their face. Okay. But then they were like, no, no, no. Take everybody in the office. And Cut rate Ben Gazzara is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they're like, yeah, you are, because we're going to shoot you. And he was like, okay, then I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So then he takes them all into the office, and they're all sitting there. And then... Do they lay rate... on their face there as well? No, no, then they're just sitting. Okay. So then cut rate Dustin Diamond is doing something, and Dustin, they get all... Pissed. Rest in peace. Right. Well, he's more like old school Dustin Diamond, not like, you know, the one that died. Um... <laughs> He does something in it. Like I, I, I look down to like drink out of my drink, and all of a sudden he's getting yelled at by cut rate Gary Oldman. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what just happened here, but I'm really going back. I mean, it seems like a lot happens in, in 86 <laughs> minutes. Like, I know it happens real fast. Mm-hmm. So then cut rate Ben Gazzara is like, leave him alone. And Gary Oldman's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm standing up to you. And so Gary Oldman puts his gun to Ben Gazzara's head, and Ben Gazzara's like, you know what? If you're going to shoot me, just shoot me. So then Gary Oldman shoots him through the head and he dies. And that's the end of that character. And it serves no purpose. And then Gary Oldman has a bag of like snacks that he took out of like like the teller's desks and stuff. 
and he's like, "Hey guys, if you're hungry, have some food." And then well, he leaves. What was it? what kind of snack was it? Oh, I don't know. Just a bag of snacks. Did he shoot him like like it was like the standard movie thing where it's like right like right through the forehead? Yeah, it's point blank, and yeah. it just leaves a tiny little entrance wound. That's realistic. Yes. No. 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 No blood on um Oldman at all. Well, no, because it went out the back of his head, Chris. No. Okay. Gold Oldman's not on the side where the bullet comes out. It's crazy. No, no, I'm just saying it's like there's no splatter, nothing. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think so. If there is, it doesn't matter. Um. Well, the whole plot point doesn't matter. So. Well, nothing matters. Um. (laughs) So then, the other police come. And they rescue Steve, who still thinks he's dying. And they cut to a scene out of Gladiator. You know, where, like, um, Russell Crowe is being carried and he's looking up at the sky and it's, like, his perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they do that scene while he's being carried to the ambulance. So they put him in the ambulance, but then Nicolas Cage loses Kenny. Like, just loses him. And, like, no one's paying attention. And it's, I swear to God, like, eight minutes later, Nicholas Cage is like, okay, where's Kenny? And the other cops are like, who the fuck is Kenny? He's like, he's my ride along. And they're like, oh, the ride along's gone. Mm. Um, so Kenny climbed in the back of an SUV, and that doesn't matter either. But that's where he is for like another like twenty minutes. Okay. So why did he climb in the back of an SUV? Eh, because it was there. I don't know. Okay. He needed cover or something. And oh, okay, like, gotcha. Right. There's not even any real perspective as to where that is from the bank. Like, they keep shooting these different angles, and you can never quite tell where anyone is. And oftentimes, it feels like no one is in the line of fire, but they're all, like, getting shot at constantly. Yeah. Regardless. So... It's chaos. I mean, what... It's, and it, it is real chaotic. Right. So, they send Steve to the hospital, and then another cop gets shot through the chest with a sniper rifle. But he doesn't die, even though, like, his whole chest explodes. They send him to the hospital. Right. And, and then... S- and Steve's worried about his fucking leg still, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm I'm going into shock. My it's cold. I can't see nothing. Um, <laughs> Mama, <laughs> right? That's pretty much it. So they take Steve to the hospital, and then it turns out that Kenny's mom is the head doctor at the hospital, and okay. she's the one caring for Steve. And she's like, "Oh, my son was on a ride along," and then. Kenny, so there's one point where, okay, so see, so much happens in this movie. So Steve had gone in to get coffee for him and Mike from this other coffee shop, not the one that blew up. Mm -hmm. And while he's inside, Nicolas Cage is trying to bond with Kenny. And he's like, so aggravated assault. And Kenny's like, well, I get bullied all the time. Nicolas Cage is like, why do you get bullied? And he's like, I don't know, because I'm different. And Nicolas Cage is like, yeah, I'd probably punch somebody too. And then they're like, that's their bonding moment. Like, then they're all tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find out later that what makes Kenny different is that he's like MacGyver because he takes a nine volt battery out of the back of a child's toy and the aux cable from the inside of the SUV he hides in and fashions a charger because his phone has died in the interim between him filming like the tearful confession. Uh-huh. Of a Steve, so I, he. Calls, I, I, th- I think they should have filmed like done the movie like you just described it. Like I think they should have like done like a quick flashback, like you know, before you find out like he's MacGyver. Like, yeah, well, not, I not, They shouldn't. It's have... hard to remember things in sequence, right? I'm saying I think yours is better. Um, 
so while all right so steve's wife learns about the thing happening and goes to the hospital and asks where's my dad and they say oh he's back looking for the ride-along kid and the mom's like oh my god the ride-along kid is my kenny Mm. and so then kenny calls steve's cell phone and talks to his mom while his mom is performing surgery on steve to save his life and mike's daughter steve's wife holds the phone to kenny's mom's ear all sass bitches yep so now now (laughs) cut rate isabella johnny comes back into play and she's like at the scene of the explosion and she's like hey I know who did this. I've already forgot this character existed, but okay, go. <laughs> I had forgotten too until she comes back. Um, so that's when um, that's when Cut Rate Gerard Butler is like, "I don't need your help. You're just in the way." And she's like, "But I know where these guys' hideout are." And he's like, "Okay, now you're now you're useful. Now I can use you." But you know what they say? And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. Don't touch anything." And they're like, "Ha ha ha. We're cops." Um, so she goes to their hideout oh and finds like a C4 wrapper or something. It's like C4 brand C4. And she's like, oh my God. And she takes it back to the place where Tom Sizemore and Gerard Butler are. And she's like, look what I found. They're like, oh my God, they got C4. But see, they already know this because they blew up the fucking restaurant. Like, yeah. I don't know why it's a surprise. So then everybody's surrounding the bank and the bad guys are like all right this is our plan we're just going to go out the front and run away so the cops try and come in and the bad guys successfully like repel the cops with um like flashbang grenades Mm -hmm. but then the three bad guys run out and so jared padalonicki is the first one that comes out and he just immediately gets like all shot up because the cops have like automatic weapons and shit right um so then walton goggins comes out and he gets a little further but he also gets shot up and he just dies so then finally um gary oldman comes running out and he's like ducking and weaving so the cops can't hit him but he's like shooting the cops back and one of them gets shot in the face and they're like oh my god so he rounds a corner where mike has finally found kenny Mm. um but Mike is trying to return fire with him. Mike and this other cop who earlier Mike made a vaguely like racist statement about. Um, he So when they're like, all right, this is like an hour before this, they're going into the police station and Mike's like, Hey, Steve finally knocked up my daughter. And they're like, Oh, ha ha ha. I always heard he was shooting blanks. And Mike's like, well, better him than you. And he said, why are you saying that? Because I'm black. And Mike says, no, but also yes. <laughs> so setting the scene, right? That happened like a long time ago. In this okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so now those two, they're, they're together now with automatic weapons. And they're like flanking the guys so they can take them out. So Gary Oldman's coming and having a gunfight with Nicolas Cage and um, uh, Ray, token um, black cop that's now Nick Cage's friend. So Token Blackcock gets shot and killed, which is you find out in like the most you know typical way where Nicolas Cage is like, 
Jack, you got to return fire. What are you doing? He looks down like he's dead. So Nick Cage gets shot in the leg and falls over, which everybody gets shot in the fucking leg in this movie. Yeah. So then Gary Oldman comes over and has his pistol on him, and he's basically like, I'm going to kill you. And then Kenny takes the dead cop's pistol and shoots Gary Oldman and kills him. Mm. Um, and now let me tell you something. Kenny shows no emotion this entire time. Like when Steve gets shot, Kenny's just like, picture Urkel's face, like when he's like skeptically disbelieving something, and that's Kenny's expression the entire time. <laughs> so okay. Steve gets shot, and Urkel's like, hmm. And then Mike gets shot, and Urkel's like, hmm. <sighs> and then he shoots the bad guy, and yeah. Mike's like, are you okay? And Kenny's like, yeah, I'm good. So. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. So then um, Gary Oldman is still alive and is like still like weakly like raising his pistol to shoot it. And uh-huh. Isabella Johnny is magically on top of like this hill behind him that's there. Yeah. yeah. And she shoots him and kills him. Awesome. And then um, Gerard Butler's like, you did real good there. And she's like, thanks. So fast forward one year later. What? Nick Cage. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Nick Cage is out jogging. And he gets home. And he opens up his door, and everybody says, surprise. And it's Kenny and Kenny's mom and Steve and Steve's wife and the baby. And I think that's it. And it's Nick Cage's birthday. It's Mike's birthday. So Mike, instead of reacting to the surprise, sits there and stares at a picture of his dead wife Mm -hmm. and emotes a little bit. So like Mm -hmm. you can tell that now he's growing because he can do that in front of other people. Right. And then he turns around, and he's like, Kenny. You got that phone you're always playing with? <laughs> and obviously Kenny does because he's standing right in front of Mike with the phone, like taking pictures. Why is Nick like, no, Cage acting like he's a fucking 80-year-old man? Right, I know. I know. <laughs> and he, Kenny's like, yeah, you know, I got it on me. And he's like, good. I need to take some new pictures. And then he does this like cowboy saunter and it freezes and then immediately fades to black. End of movie. This feels like it didn't need to exist. Let me tell you something. Possibly one of the worst overall movies I've ever watched during this entire experiment. Except that it's so immensely entertaining the entire time because it's so bad that it doesn't matter how bad it is. Like it still is like was 100% worth watching. Well, that's the best I can say about any Nick Cage movie, I think. Except for like the ones that are really good. Right. I mean, look, it's well-filmed. It's got some decent action sequences. Um, it looks like a real movie. Um, it's one of the worst, most nonsensical scripts you'll ever hear with some of like the clunkiest dialogue ever. Like, at one point, Mike is there, and this is like, I don't know, like it's daytime when most of this is happening. All of a sudden, it's night. And Mike's there in the tent with like SWAT command, who's getting ready to go in and like take out the bad guys. And Mike's like, Why did you take so long to get to us? And they're like, Mike, what's the matter? And he's like, Why did you take so long to get to us? And they're like, Whoa whoa 
you need to take it down a notch. And he's like, no, why did you take so long? My son is dead. But see, the thing is, Steve's not dead. But so he says that. And I was like, is he dead? Did I miss that too? But then I was wrong. It's just Nick Cage is just whatever, like exaggerating the situation, motherfucker. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a guy that directed this once starred on, um, Undressed on MTV. Remember I said there's 40 people in this movie, 40 characters. I just Mm -hmm. counted. It's actually 36. Hmm. There's 36 characters, most of which who have actual names and are addressed by their names in the movie, and most of which have some element that introduces, like, some portion of, like, a character that you're supposed to be like, yeah, like, I I identify with that. Right. Like, even the homeless guy is smoking Newports, right? He's stealing them. He didn't get a chance to smoke them because they caught him. So, I thought this was going to be another one of those, like, crazy, like, underground Russian productions. Uh-huh. But this was made by um, Momentum Pictures, oh, uh, which yeah. is uh-huh. a real company. It's right. actually owned by Hasbro, it turns out. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? That's, which is that's weird. interesting. Yeah. But they must have signed a three-picture deal with Mr. Cage because in 2019, they made... I'm sorry, in 2018, they made 211, Looking Glass, and Mom and Dad. So they're mm-hmm. responsible for all three of those movies. Mm-hmm. So, Mom and Dad came out on January 19th, 2018. Looking Glass is February 16th. Then they give themselves a few months, and on June 8th, a few months, and on June 8th, you get 211. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Oh, good for him getting a payday. They got some good movies to their... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They some, they, they've done some real stuff. Oh, uh, they did. They um, also they also did Seeking Justice with him in 2011. Um, yeah, and, and season one. and season of the witch. Season of um, the witch, right? Yeah, yeah. So this this movie was filmed in um Bulgaria, apparently. Also, I just read that. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. How did we go see the crate? Sorry, I already caught it off topic because I I don't know what else to say about this movie. I think your description said everything that needs to be said, but um. 2010, we saw the Crazies remake in the theater. Right. How the hell did we go see that? Like, I wasn't watching movies back then. Huh. Me and Chuck wanted to see it, and we talked you into it, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> That's about right. Um, 100% what happened. Are you sure? Are you sure Wesley wasn't there with us? Me, you, and Chuck. Uh, okay. All right. Plus, it was there. It was an accident. Okay, so the woman that plays the mother in this movie, the uh, uh, ride-along's mother, um, uh-huh. uh, is a woman who is a uh, singer and songwriter and actress. Um, she goes by the stage name of Truth Hurts, um, and she was um, the backing vocalist on Buster Ryan's Break Your Neck. Oh, nice. Um, she's worked with like tons of fucking people, like um, Dre, Rakim, like Lauren Hill, Outkast, CeeLo, like twelve. Yeah, yeah. So, well, she's not a very good actress, <laughs> um, right? We'll let you know. Yeah. 
But she um, serves her purpose. I mean, it's like no one does a good job in this movie, but collectively they just work together. Like because they're all so bad. Yeah. I mean, look, it you should never seek this movie out, nor should you pay for this movie. I mean, I paid $2.99 for the Blu-ray off eBay with free shipping, and I probably paid a little too much, really. But I was entertained for the whole 86 minutes. It felt like two and a half hours. but um, And I was so confused, like, half the time. Like, why are we seeing this? Why is this going here? Especially because it takes so long to even get to Nick Cage and the whole point of the movie. Like, it could have just been a bank robbery. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't have to be this convoluted. I actually, so I had to Google last night. Do electronic transfers ever involve physical money? Because it didn't seem right. But then, like, the movie made me doubt myself. I was like, well, maybe. Could they? But yeah, the answer is no. So I, when I Googled this movie to find it, um, there were, you know, the, you know, the whole Google people also asked thing. The four questions yeah. that are at the top is, is movie 211 based on a true story? What is the movie 211 about? Is 211 a good movie? All, all, all make sense as top things, right? Number four, does Steve die in 211? That's the fourth most asked question. Because my son is dead. Right. Right. Yeah. But the answer is he's not. And actually, that's a really stupid question because he's definitely alive at the end. Right. So it's like, did you not make it to the end? Like, do you not understand what you're viewing? Um, What's even funnier is the response that Google gives to this is from Hollywood Reporter um, um, review. That says, at one point, Steve gets shot in the leg, resulting in a dying scene so drawn out it would make Camille blush. Um, that's the response. It's like from a review, and it doesn't answer the question. So apparently nobody fucking knows, except for us now, like whether Steve died or not. Yes, I know. Because you bought the I didn't right. know. Right. But I was never going back. I just had to guess, and then I was right at the end. What does this do for us? Does this does this like kill 2018 now? Maybe. You're the one with the list. Oh right. Um I'm just going through the motions, baby. <laughs> um let's see here. <sighs> Got that old quick cage. Two eleven to the quick cage list. I didn't update last week though. Two eleven, two eleven finishes two thousand eighteen. Yes, right. nice. Another year done. Oh no, I'm sorry because you haven't covered Teen Titans Go and the Spider Man Spider Verse, but you're going to do those all one episode. So yeah, um, yeah we'll that'll that. that'll finish two thousand eighteen. All the films that yeah. a score is, is the score to settle always the one that I asked. Have we done already, or did we do that? No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Okay. Um, it's honestly it's it's been so long since I've seen it, and it's so bad that I have to watch it again. And I hate it so much that I don't want to watch it again. But I'm not going to be able to talk about it unless I watch it again. So I don't know. It's got to happen sometimes. Right. 
I guess the only Frank, one that I need to add to this is courting Tess. Okay. All Frankie's right. gone this weekend, so I figure that if I, um, you know, I can just drink myself into a stupor <laughs> one day and just, like, knock out a few of them. Right. So, have you decided which one of these we're going to, um, uh, you talk about doing a watch along at some point with one of these. Do you know which one we're doing that with? Oh, no. What was it? No, I don't think we decided. I just think you made a random claim. Maybe I'll make you watch a score to settle. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's either that or I think USS Indianapolis men of courage. Um, That's the one that you said you would watch with me, but man, that I did like two hours and twenty minutes long. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, that's 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 a lot of investment. That is a, that's 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 a lot. Yeah, that's too much investment. Um, you can we get, like a, can we get like one that's eighty six minutes? Right, um, right. That's what you mean. It really should have been this, but you would have had to pay twenty dollars for it to rent. What? It. No, I wouldn't. It's fucking three dollars online, Frank. Like, is it three? Yeah, it's. Uh, well, hold on. Uh, Voodoo has it for three ninety nine. Oh, okay. Dimension must have some kind of fucking deal with Voodoo because yeah, it's like ten dollars everywhere else. This has a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably three percent too high. <laughs> so, what's your score on this? Um, Cage performance is um. Mm, it's it's a seven and a half on the cage scale. Okay. I mean, he definitely like goes nuts sometimes, um, but he also is like reserved sometimes because remember he's stoic because um, his wife died. Right. Um, I mean, the movie itself is an absolute turd. It's like a two, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's really funny. So, from an entertainment entertainment standpoint, it's worth watching. Yeah, that's what I got. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I was just reading the uh, Forbes review, which is the only positive review. <laughs> and like the entire time, he's like, "Look, this isn't this isn't great," but um, you know, like there's some people are trying. <laughs> like that's basically the review. <laughs> like it's true. It's like they're they're trying they're trying to make a go of this like their hearts in the right place. <laughs> that's that's the one positive review um, on here. I mean, listen, I'm gonna tell you that like I've seen so many of his movies where he was phoning it in, and nobody cared what was going on. The director was shit, and the movie was like dumb. Yeah, this movie made me laugh like a half a dozen times more than like most comedies do. Um, and it was just whatever, like it's short and you just, it just goes and you're never in the same place that you were like 30 seconds before. So we're in the same camera, like shot, right. You know, right. Like shit's, shit's just moving. Right. So, yeah, All right. So I, have, I have one last question for you tonight. Okay. I'm going to read through the list of movies we have remaining, right. I'm just going to skip the animated ones, but, um, I want you to tell me what the the thing you are dreading the most is, okay? Um, in terms of watching, so we have like this whole like early career shit with the Cotton Club, Racing with the Moon, Birdie, The Boy in Blue, right? Um, 
Then we have Time to Kill in 89. Then we have The Firebirds in 90. Honeymoon in Vegas in 92. Deadfall and Amos and Andrew in 93. It Could Happen to You in 94. Mm. City of Angels in 98. Family Man, which you watch and are saving. Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, fucking, uh, you know, uh, let's see. Oh, no, that's an animated movie. Um, fucking Captain, you know, Mangini's, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, shit. Like, uh, <sighs> World Trade Center, Wicker Man again, uh, Book of Secrets, second National Treasure movie, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Rage, USS Indianapolis, Snowden, Army of One, Score to Settle. And then Crude, you wanted to do separate, you said, I think. Um, the second Crude. Uh, no, I think we're just going to wrap Crude's in because I don't feel like doing <laughs> Okay. So out of those movies, which one do you not want to watch? Well, I've already seen a number of them. I, I really don't want to talk about a score to settle at all, ever. <laughs> Maybe a score to settle is the one that we need to watch then. Like, that's the watch along. Yeah. I'm honestly not all that interested in any of his early stuff. Right, like Cotton Club and Birdie and Time to Kill and I mean, do you do you do you want to watch those and just like wrap it all up like in one episode and we can just um no, no some of those God, are starring roles right yeah no no they they need to happen one at a time I can't do all of them at once <laughs> I think the movie that I least want to hear about out of all of this is. I think it's a, it's like a toss up between Snowden and Gone in sixty seconds. I've seen Gone in sixty seconds, but um, I don't want to hear about that movie. Hey, Snowden is um, Oliver Stone, right? It is. It's it's well, I mean, it's like you know, last decade, like Stone in the past decade, which is not to me Oliver Stone, but um, but yes. Technically, it's all over. Yeah, I'm. I'm still down though. Like, I. I'm so curious to see like what that shit is, what that shit is about. Yeah, um, World World Trade it, Center it, is also Oliver Stone, correct? No, it's not. Oh, he. Yeah, yeah no, it is. it is. Yeah, he is. directed that. Yeah, okay. Um, I. You know the whole like, I don't know, like modern modern age, right wing conspiracy, not Oliver Stone stuff. I think it might be kind of funny. So whatever. Is Oliver Stone a right winger now, or you mean like right wing conspiracies is what he's like trying to point out? Mm, either way. <laughs> okay. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't care. Like I. Do you think Joseph Gordon-Levitt has, like, lost some luster? Is that just the me thing, or is... What's the last thing Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in? Let's look it up. Um, God, people care so much about the spouses of these fucking actors. Anytime you type anybody's name in, it's like, you know, wife or husband next to it is like one that's just results. All right, Phil. There's some lonely people that are like, but you know what? It could be me. 
Oh, he was just in the trial of the Chicago Seven, which was nominated for an Oscar. Right. <laughs> well, I guess he had some luster there, right? Um, he no, nah, that was just a cameo. Um uh here's an action thriller. Oh, this they keep trying to get me to watch this movie on Amazon forever. It's called 7500. Um it's about um a pilot whose plane is hijacked by terrorists. Um, oh, I have no interest. Right. Um, before that, uh, another cameo um, in The Last Jedi. Um, and then uh, Snowden in 2016. He's also in something called Project Power, which is a superhero movie. Is that a Netflix thing? Jamie Thomas. Yeah. Um, I think it is. But And then before that, it was... No, that's a cameo. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> in the interview. Something... Uh, movie called the walk oh this is the gotcha uh the walk is that zemeckis film that's like about like that guy doing the high wire act that there's also a documentary about do you remember this mm-hmm. man on um, yes right um and then uh before that was a uh, sin city dame to kill for in 2014 this guy's really slowed down yeah well you know that's all I got ever. I don't care about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We're just yeah. killing time. That's what we're talking about, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um. All right. Well, yeah, I don't look forward to that. We'll see. Um, I mean, you know, like, look. Are any of these movies going to be any good? Meh. I'm kind of looking forward to Honeymoon in Vegas a little bit. Well, you got James Caan. Right. That's correct, isn't it? I don't know. It's been a million years since I've seen Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie since, like, yeah, it was probably like on Cinemax or something. That's on Cinemax, right? That wasn't on HBO. That was probably on Cinemax um, back in the day, is is my guess. Had to be. I think it was on USA all the time. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back with another movie uh, next week, I guess, right? Well, of course, and for the next, like, <laughs> 42 fucking weeks. I don't know. I was just hoping maybe there was a different answer, Frank. <laughs> maybe next week. We got to finish it. It's almost done. It's, it's I, know, so I, know. I know. What did you name? Like, 20 movies? Come on. We got it. Yeah. 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 I know. That's good. good. Yeah, I'm going to make you watch Score to Settle. That's the one that it's got to be. That's fine. Is there a co-star in that movie? I don't know, some creepy kid. Uh, his yeah, Benjamin Bratt, I think, is in it. Oh, that that is always the right. Okay, so that's the one that I've like asked you about like fucking eighteen times now. Like, you know, did we, did we do that one? Because I keep seeing right, I keep seeing Benjamin Pratt, and I'm like, our Bratt, and it's like I'm like, oh, like we did that, and yeah, we never have. You've watched this though. That's what it is. You watched yeah. this so a long time ago. I watched it and it it disturbed me. Like this, this I watched it pretty early on in, in the Nick Cage experiment, the Quick Cage experiment. Uh-huh. But it like bothered me so much watching it that I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about this. And then the further we got away from it, the more excuses I kept making to not talk about it. Right. And then never talked about it. And now you're going to have to watch it. And so okay. that That's fine. What's the I don't that know. That makes it all the better. The, that's a 103 minute run time. God damn it, Frank. Yeah, you're fucked. 
Okay. That's you're, 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 you're drinking all that cage. God. Drink, drink. I'll be drinking in something during that cage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll, we'll do that at some point. At some point soon. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have, Have a good, good night. night.